Log Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the KIRP Radio Show, baby. We're here once again, man. God has blessed us to be alive and well another day. He's blessed us to be able to uh, bring you guys nothing but the real truth and real talk radio for which it stands. Shout out to everybody out there who listens to the show. You guys are definitely B-I-G in my book. So I love, baby. Ready to do this thing. I hope you are, because I definitely am. I hope you guys have taken with you, man, something that I tell you every week. God is love. Love is God. Communication is the key. That's something that I believe in. Those are rules that I live by, and those are things that I share uh, with various people around the world. So definitely shout out to everybody out there who's been rocking with us, who continues to listen to the KRP Radio Show. WM3G's home of the KRP Radio Show, and Last Sundays with Rocco P. Shout out to my man, Rocco Pacercia, man, who's going to come on here the last Sunday on the WM3G Network, East and West Coast. So make sure you guys check that West Coast delayed broadcast. 
which is powered by Stein Make, uh, makers of some of the most innovative uh, rubber material in the world. So shout out to Stein Makes um, for powering that show on the West Coast. Anyway, folks, tonight we're going inside. We're going deep. I mean, we're going to talk about some things that might shock some of y'all. We're going to get real personal. Uh, I've invited a, uh, I don't even know, I don't know what to call this gentleman. Um, I'm going to call him a friend of mine. I've adopted him as my friend, whether he likes it or not. (laughs) And uh, someone that I, uh, as I said, I I consider him a friend. Uh, One of my coaches, my man, part of my crew, uh, hashtag GL Trojans, coach, author, mentor, humanitarian, man of God, a father, um, a cool brother, uh, a fellow DB, a baller, you know, and, and I do have his resume here uh, that I'm going to read off to you guys, but I've invited a friend of mine, man, someone that I've come over the past few years to to uh, to respect like none other. And um, I value this man's opinion, uh, both professionally and personally. And it's rare, I'm sure y'all know, like it's, it's rare that you come across people that you just feel good about. You know, people who have no uh, negative intent or you know, who who's just genuine, just a good person, you know, that has a good spirit. Um, so I've invited my man Nick Sturdivant on the show tonight. Nicholas Sturdivant, excuse me. Let me give him his government. I call him Coach Nick. And um, I've invited him to come on the show tonight. We're going to talk about his book. Uh, we're going to talk about some social issues. We're going to talk about a little bit about the faith. You know, we're going to talk about God. You guys already know, man. Uh, Christian conservative. That's who I am. Those are the things that I believe. And uh, I don't apologize for believing in Christ. I don't apologize to Christians for following the path of Christ. I accept some things and some people in my life that I run across, that I intervene with, you know, in, in intervening with their life, Um. I accept people for who they are and for what they believe in and for whatever faith they choose to follow. Frankly, I don't care. Um, and I mimic that acceptance through the love that Christ displayed that we try to mimic in our lives. So I, I hope I didn't say that too fast. I hope everybody understands what I'm saying. In other words, I try to live my life uh, in accordance to how Christ lived his life and how he teach. Now, I'm not saying, I mean, come on, I'm not. Do I have to state the obvious? I mean, I ain't. I'm not Christ. <laughs> like, I, I don't I don't have that tolerance. I don't have that patience. Um, I'd like to believe that I have that kind of love, you know. I, I'd like to believe that I have that kind of spirit uh, of love for people that's genuine, like Christ showed, and and He didn't care 
uh, how people how people got down. You know, because he understood that I gotta love you anyway. I'm gonna love you anyway. I accept you for whatever you follow, but the proper path is through me to my father's house. This Christ we're talking about. I believe the same thing. I don't care if you're a Muslim. I don't care if you're a I don't care if you're a and you could believe in the the, the, the sand god for all I care. You know, you can believe in the stars, the moon, the sun god. You can believe in whatever you like. I'm not one of these Christians that's running around here talking about you're Muslim and I hate you and 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 burning hell and listen, I'm not that dude, man. But at the same time, I understand what some people who follow that religion does. Um and I understand it to be heinous, horrible, uh, uh, unreal, you know, just just pure evil. Um, but I still love people, and I don't give up on people, and I accept people. And if that's a negative thing, if that's a ne- negative characteristic of me, if, that, if that's a negative uh, uh, displaying of, of who I am, if Christians can't accept me for accepting everybody just like Christ did, take that up with God. I, I, I'm good. I'm cool. I still love you. It's all love. We're going to keep rocking. And uh, that's just me. So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about those things, and we're going to get into some real deal conversation tonight because – uh, my guest that I've, I've brought to the show tonight, again, you know, I just told you guys, my man, Nicholas Sturgeon, uh absolutely wonderful individual, uh, a man of God, you know, who, who believes that the good in people will always overshadow the bad. So after this commercial, I'm going to bring this brother in. And uh, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty, as they say. Do we got a commercial? I got producers tonight, y'all. I feel special. See, Nick, he, he get the, you know, I was sending them the messages on, you know, how to come to the show. And I, I did that personal. I, I sent it with my cell phone. I, I didn't have my, my help send it out. My people, excuse me, send it out. And, uh, you know, the show's produced by your boy, me. You know, it's like that. Pop my collar. Brush my shoulders off. If you're feeling like a pimp, go on. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's some jigger. Anyway. Do we got to go to commercial? Okay. All right. We ain't going to no commercial. We're going to do like that. Shout out to, I'll, I'll give him a shout out. Shout out to soundchew.com, man. The number one most innovative online experience for music, news, producers, productions, artists. Soundchew.com. Check them out. They're doing big things over there. They're redoing their website. And uh, that's what it is. So that commercial break would have belonged to soundchew.com. I will do that intro. Sound Chew, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete. Shout out to SoundChew.com. We cut it short. Right now, folks, I'm going to welcome to the show my main man, coach, author, humanitarian. Like I said, this man does it all. I mean, he's a jack of all trades. He's a dad. 
uh, 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 he's a DB, so, you know, hard work looks good. You know how we do. Uh, if you guys know about football, you know, the DBs, we're always out there looking good. So, you know, he, like I said, he's a father. He's a man of God. He's a coach. He's a humanitarian. He's an author. Uh, go to www.lifepunchllc.com, and you will definitely learn more about this individual that I like to call Coach or Coach Nick, better known as Nicholas Sturdivant. Welcome to the show, my brother, Coach Nick, how you doing, my brother? I am good, brother Fudge. I'm good. How are you? Man, I'm wonderful, man. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I appreciate you for taking the time out coming on the show. I know your schedule is absolutely crazy. <laughs> Jet setting you all over the world right now, you know. So uh, how was your – I'm sorry? No, no, I was saying the pleasure is all mine. The pleasure is all mine. One thing – my father taught me is when a good brother calls on you, you have to step up. It's your responsibility to step up and help. And by brother, I mean brother in Christ first, brother in the community second. Uh, and so, like, I, it's a pleasure to be here. It's my honor, truly. Well, it's a pleasure for us to have someone of your caliber on the show because, Nick, I, listen, we, we know each other in a, in a total different uh, capacity. You know, we've been coaching together for the last few years. We've, I feel like we've been able to transcend lives. We've been able to uh, make an impact on people uh, like none other. I've, I've never had a group like this group of people that we have working together now out here in the community rocking. And uh, I'm definitely fortunate for having you. So we appreciate you for also taking the time for coming on this show and uh, sharing some of your knowledge with us, man. So definitely we, we, we thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to jump right into it yet. I, I, I want to ask you uh, about Life Push. I was going to read your bio. That's something I, I don't normally do. I also got to let you know I, know, I know people who listen to the show all the time or who always catch the show, they go, you know, I'm, he's really big enough, this Nick guy. You know, I, I don't do that with politicians. I, I, I treat people, you know, I have a lot of politicians on the show. So I don't commonly big up people as much as I big up uh, those individuals such as yourself who are really out here in the, in the community, who are really out here uh, firsthand, you know, as, as they say, shaking hands and kissing babies. Well, you know, people <laughs> such as yourself are, are, are going a little bit above and beyond that. And to me, I think those are the things that it takes to transcend lives. I think those are the type of things that it takes to make a proper impact on the community and a proper impact on the world. So that's why people such as yourself, man, I hold you to such high praise, and I give you such high praise, and, 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 and I really try to emphasize, you know, the need and, and, and the appreciation and the admiration that we have for people such as you. So I, I just want you to know, man, it, it, I, I can't even put it into words how much I appreciate you, but I was going to read your bio. So instead of reading your bio I, I did, earlier in the show, I started talking a little bit about who you were to me and some of the things, you know, how I see you in my eyes. So I just want you to take a second and uh, let the people know who you are in your words, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, first it, it behooves me to, to say this, I, everything that you just said, it's the reciprocal right back to you. I feel it. The feeling is absolutely mutual, absolutely mutual from, from the first day that I met you through coaching through you know, our relationship has blossomed going forward, and I count it an absolute blessing. Uh, I really do. I, I do not take that for granted, uh, not one bit. Uh, so I, I, I appreciate being on the show. 
And uh, just a little bit about me, um, you know, I'll start off with Life Push. Uh, you know, it's funny, Life Push has been one of the greatest blessings uh, given to me to give to others. And mm-hmm. it's it's funny, we're talking about, you know, you're, you're alluding to just kind of running, just going nonstop. You know, I'm, I'm, I am 100% fresh off of an airplane uh, from Chicago. I've been in Chicago this past weekend at uh, North Park University um, attending and, and speaking at their seventh annual Student Diversity Leadership Conference, um, which was absolutely phenomenal, absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. People of all di- of diverse backgrounds, um, experiences, professions, uh, all there coming together, the, the power of the the intellectuals that were there is, is absolutely amazing. And, uh, again, it was just an absolute blessing. And then, you know, I, I get I get off the plane, uh, arrive back in North Carolina, hop right in the car, drive straight to Virginia to meet with some of the mentees that we have. Um, at LifePush, we, we have a mentoring agency where we are reaching out and really connecting with at-risk and high-risk youth. And, uh, and, and so that's just been an absolute whirlwind and a blessing to, to be able to be in the position to do that. And, um, and now I'm here, you know, and now I'm here talking with you. And, and this is this is honestly the highlights, one of the highlights of my day uh, being here on the show. We uh, we work with, it's a three-tier system with Life Push. We work with your K-12 population. So that's with your, uh, that's where the mentoring agency comes in. Uh, and we work with the court system, social services, community services, and the public school system in that regard. Uh, we just actually kicked off as well a, a nonprofit called Life Standard in June, uh, which mm-hmm. we're starting up in, uh, this month, actually. Um, this month, we're starting up a, a Leader Speak Up series where we're looking to go to the different municipalities uh, from the Danville, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Virginia, or Pennsylvania County, Virginia, excuse me, Halifax County, mm-hmm. South Boston area, uh, into Martinsville as well, and the Guilford County, Greensboro, Asheboro area, going into Randolph County. So we're doing a lot of things there. Really, really excited about that. We've made some great connections. Um, I, I have absolutely been blessed with the a team that allows me to lead them. Uh, sure. You know, I'm a firm believer that that people allow you to lead them, and, and it's amazing to me how individuals in leadership positions have that 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 reasoning inverted. They have it backwards. They think they're leading people because. <laughs> People need them. No, no. Anybody can be led. It's who they allow to lead them. So uh, mm-hmm. I want to make sure I make it plain because that they are are truly the strength of of our organization, and uh, and not for a second do I take that for granted. And uh, so going back to Life Push, we also do a lot of college touring. We go around the country and we do leadership workshops. We talk about transferable skills. We talk about a lot of the issues like you know diversity and social justice the hot topics there. We talk about um, just things students need to know, what I like to call the other half of education. Um, so and so, I'll kind of elaborate on that a little bit. Uh, year after year, graduation after graduation, we have bright, well-abled young individuals coming out ready to enter the world, um, but they're not ready to arrive. There's a big difference between arriving and graduating. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, your underrepresented community as well um, is are, are the ones who are truly falling short in that. Um, it's not limited to that, the underrepresented population, um, but naturally as a um, minority male, a black man, uh, I, sure. I tend to notice that. Uh, and so and so we, we, that's something that we're really passionate about. We do a lot of workshops. And uh, the, the best thing about it is the connections you make with the students. 
I don't go to a conference, I don't go to a workshop or an event and then leave, and then that's the end of the communication. Um, I, I make it a point to stay connected and to stay um, entrenched in their lives. That, that's, that's my ministry. Uh, so it's, it's more than just a career profession. And then lastly, we work with transitioning adults. And this is the newest of the three phases, um, but transitioning adults consist of veterans that are acclimating back to the civilian world um, ex-offenders trying to not go back. We, we really want to, re- or excuse me, reduce or decrease the recidivism rate. Um, and then also adults that are just looking to simply change careers. That's a popular thing that's going on, especially with the economy the way it is. Um, and I think we'll only see more of that, not less. Uh, and so that's just kind of a rundown. Um, I'm a Virginia guy, Newport News, Virginia, 757 guy. I have to throw that out, otherwise I won't be able to go back home. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've got to represent that. Uh, that's what the roots are. You know, God is good. God is good. And, and I'm just thankful every day. And shout out to the 757. We got to do that properly. Make sure you guys are B-I-G in my book and it's official. Your family now. Everybody out there in the 757, we want to make sure Nick can go back home. And, you know, he just got back from Chicago. Did Trick Trick meet you at the airport out there? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh goodness, hey, I, I, man! <laughs> let, let me let you, you know what. Let's go right into that. Okay, let's let's go right into that. I got I got a whole lot of topics that I want to talk to you about. But you mentioned students. You, you seem to spend a lot of time with students, and uh, I've seen you interact with students. But we've seen a lot of different things on social media right now, and everything seems to be social media based uh, to some degree. Um, just this past week. There was a student in uh, South Carolina. South Carolina has been making news big time this year, man. Oh, my God. And, they really uh, have. Student in South Carolina, they got um, body slammed. Uh, we weren't privy to what happened prior to police officer who uh, intervened in the situation, the, the apparent situation. But uh, we, also, we all saw the aftermath on what happened. Nick, you've spending a lot of time with students. Um have you ever had a situation where there were there was an altercation with the student, and, and when you did, how did you handle it? Mm, mm, that's a great question. Uh, well, a little bit about my background. One thing I didn't say: I actually started um, my the major part of my career, or, or important part of my career, in higher education. Uh, more importantly, in student affairs. Mm. Um, you can drill down even further and just say residence life. So, residence life. Anyone who works in student affairs knows that you earn your stripes when you work in the residence life department. Mm-hmm. Not only are you guiding these students through their daily lives, through classes and helping them with academics and pointing them in the right direction, you know, when 5 o'clock comes and all the other staff goes home, you go home to the same place where the students call home, which is the dorms. Uh, whether you might have an apartment or something like that, you're living on campus. So it's, you're on 24-hour shifts. And, uh, so you see the good, the bad, and the ugly. You see what happens when when uh, when when the sun goes down, so to speak. So you see every perspective and every angle of the student, which is which is important to say. I have to preface the explanation with that, just so uh, I get to qualify myself, if you will. Sure. Uh, however, so in, with all that being said, I, I I can tell you a lot of different stories. Um, I've even had situations where students were were maybe intoxicated um, and, and they get violent 
or they I've, I've even had parents get violent on behalf wow. of their students. Um, and, and this is in a college setting. And, and so you just think about the development piece up until that point. If the, if the child is in college or if the young individual is in college and their parents are acting this way, what have they seen to lead up to that? So so it, it's never a clear-cut picture on um, why the situation is what it is, but you still have to handle it. Uh, and so there's different protocols. You know, at my level, in the higher education level, I am not a police officer. I don't have the same authority of force. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have the same protocols they have. My protocol sure. is to try to use the situation verbally, uh, contact security, which in most situations, if it's depending on if it's campus police or campus security, there's a, a very big difference there. Um, if it's campus security, you have to, from my perspective, you have to call security. Then if they can't defuse the situation, they will actually call the, the local law enforcement uh, agency. And, and so there's, there's several different steps. Now I'll be the first one to say training is everything because, and, and training with repetition is absolutely everything mm-hmm. because when that situation happens, it happens quickly. It's not a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven step process. You have to know how to react. You have to know what to do. Um, and you have to know which rules are absolutely key and which rules need to be broken to maintain safety. And that's a very, very hard, gray area to live in. And so, and so you, you know, you, you referenced uh, the issue in South Carolina. And, and I struggle with it on several different accounts. Now, let me say this. As a parent, it hurts me to see any child handled that way, 100%. Any parent that that, that, that does not bother just the natural act, that, that situation, that scene, even though it was a small segment, a small snapshot, if you will, of that scene, um, it still bothered me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll say this, with my work experience, my work history, my background, it's taught me one thing, and that is to question all angles of the situation. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you brought up social media, and social media is a great thing, but it can also be a great thing to a fault. And, and students, and here's something that people don't understand as well. Students are very, very intelligent. They're very crafty. And they, a lot of times they can only view or video record and post certain scenes of a, of a situation. Uh, and that's for a number of different reasons. One reason may be because that's just how fast they started recording as quickly as they could get the phone out. Yeah. I've actually seen students videotape an entire incident, trim it down, and post the part of the video that they trimmed down to. Mm-hmm. And what makes this situation for me, for me, and I, I, I totally sympathize for for the families uh, on both sides because both sides are affected. But for me, th- that throws a lot of that throws a wrench. There's there's not black and white for me. Um, not, not no no. I don't when I say black and white, I don't mean race wise. I mean it's not a black and white decision or a, a easy yeah. cut decision. And I have to clarify that because a lot of individuals have turned that that situation, that specific situation, to a race issue. So I have to ask a lot of questions. You know, what led up to it? It's really hard to, to say. And then there's two videos that I have seen circulating on social media. One is when it, it, it shows him 
physically and rather aggressively removing her from the desk. And then there's another video where it actually shows her hitting him, fist closed, hitting him. And that's one that you don't see as often, and, and I don't think that's by coincidence either. And so social media, just to touch on that, it, it's very dangerous. It can be helpful in many occasions. It can be very detrimental to the truth of a situation. Uh, another question that I have to ask before I just crucify, you know, jump to crucifying the police officer. Mm-hmm. Another question I like to ask is, if we're being honest, if we're looking at this objectively, by the time the police officers come, the teachers ask the, lady, the young lady to, to leave, the administrators ask the young lady to leave, and then they follow the proper protocol to bring the police officer in. Now, there is debate on should the protocol be what it is or does it need to be revamped. I'm totally for that. Uh, but it was what it was at that point, and now the police officer is in there. The young lady still is refusing to leave after a verbal, from my understanding, after a verbal request by the officer to, re- to remove herself from the classroom. My question comes in, she's refused by three different levels, or she's refused on three different levels. What, what is this police officer supposed to do to handle that situation? At that point, dip- diplomacy essentially ha- has failed. What, and I'm asking this question without knowing a clear answer to it, and I'm, I'm confident and okay with saying that. But really, what is he supposed to do? At this point, what is he supposed to do? She's locked into a chair. She's holding into the desk. So a, a, a little brisk, nice, gentle tug isn't going to remove her. So what? really, what is he supposed to do? And I ask people I think, that, you know, um, and I ask I, people I've that. I've been asked that too, a lot, too. And uh, I, mm-hmm. I think from a parental standpoint, um, and, and I can only get this angle having – I have several kids. <laughs> we got a big family. And, um, I, I say the Miller. Um, huh? I say I say the Miller clan. Yeah, man. We we like the woo, man. When we show up, man. We it's a whole bunch of us. <laughs> but uh, sometimes um, when you come late to the party as a parent and you walk in the room after things have already went down. You know how you just kind of you, you remember when your dad just kind of snuck up on you, or your mom just kind of snuck up on you, or some adult, and just kind of looked at you, and they waited right. for you to do whatever it was that you were doing one more time, and they just kind of looked at you with the fear of God in in, in their eyes, in, in your eyes. I'm sorry, looking at them, and um, just looking at that clip, I think soft skills could have helped it from transpiring that far. Now, I don't know. I, I wasn't there, and, and I hate to speculate. Um, so, I, you know, I just don't go into it in too much detail. But, you know, when I looked at her sitting there, actually not saying a word for a split second, thinking there was two seconds went by or whatever on the, on the little video, I think you – and I think you don't do anything. And I, and I know that, you know, she was asked to be removed from the classroom. The teacher had some issues. But I, I think you're just staying there at that point. Uh, especially from a male and a female relationship. But, again, I don't know. Who knows what she was saying before? I don't know. We don't know. And it's not even out there. Um, but the reason I asked you this question is because, to some degree, Nick, this is what you do. <laughs> you know, these are the children that you're dealing with. These are the parents of those children are the people that you have to deal with a lot of the time. So 
if we were to hire, if I was in charge of that situation, I'd most definitely would want to have some sort of third party. So if I were to get someone like uh, Life Push LLC, you know, what? how could Life Push LLC help situations like that? You know, for all the schools out there that are having troubles, all the community centers out there, coaches, you, you name it. There are people out there, uh, after-school programs, there are people out there who are dealing with uh, kids and they don't know how to handle them appropriately. How can Life Push LLC uh, help us th- to do that? Right, right absolutely. And, and it's funny because you actually mentioned what I what I would say is a primary uh, answer to that, and that's soft skills. I think, for one, and again, it's tough to say this because we don't know, especially in that situation, how much or, or to what extent soft skills was actually utilized prior to the police officer getting there. And then I agree that the, the police officer could have used more soft skills as well. I, that is a great point. I agree with that. But in general, to answer your question directly, I, I think you have to go beyond what the what the structured protocol is in in terms not not in terms of the situation, but in terms of the different community centers or organizations or even school systems. Yeah. For example, a lot of time I'll explain how this situation may work. We may get a mentee who is who is assigned uh, eight hours a week for some sort of emotional issue, behavioral issue, if you will. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's actually governed by whatever agency refers that mentee to. But if you really want to make a change, a true change, you know good and well that eight hours is probably not going to be enough for that child because it's mm-hmm. an investment. And this is the beef I have with a lot of for-profit and non-profit organizations geared to solve these same issues. It's it's driven by the dollar sign. And I understand, look, I, I run a business. I, 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 I am a business guy. I have my MBA. I get it. You need money to to run the operation. But at some right. point, you have to, to ask yourself, when is the money going to drive it? Or when is the money going to drive past a, 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 a reasonable solution for the child? And so to put it simple, I'll, I'll keep it short this way. We need to figure out, first of all, who are the right people to be in the positions in those organizations? And two, they need to ask themselves what's truly more important. Because when you're in an organization like that, while we all need money to live, money cannot be the driving factor. It can't be. And I think that is the biggest issue that many people don't want to talk about when we're talking about these organizations, the motives behind it. Now, I'll be the first person to tell you, there is absolutely nothing wrong with helping people and making money at the same time. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're producing results, true results, not results that you can pad in your stat line to make a presentation on this is what we're doing, the true mm-hmm. result comes that shift and the behaviors of the children. That's why it takes a special person to be in any educational role. And and it, it's frustrating. I actually had this conversation this past weekend with another colleague. Uh, we were talking about that, you know, the difference in the battles between for-profits and non-profits. And, and I told him straight up, I said, there's no, there's no issue with that. There's nothing wrong with making a living off of helping others. Sure. What better way to make a living? <laughs> I'd rather make a living helping others than 
make a living hurting someone else or ripping somebody off. Absolutely. You know, so I, you know, to answer that directly and short, I think it comes down to the motives. I think we have to get our teams there, and we have to be willing to roll up our sleeves and go beyond what's expected. Mm, beyond. I like that. Go go beyond what's expected. That's something that we personally do, Nick, you and, you and myself, uh, very often. 619-638-8559. You're rocking with the KRP Radio Show on the air with father, author, friend, mentor, you name it. Man just said he has his MBA. He's all over the place. And uh, my man, Nicholas Sturdivant, is on the air with us right now talking about uh, America. Why is America so black and white? Um, Nick, why is America so black and white, in your opinion? Why why can't and, – and when I say black and white, here's what I mean. Uh, let's go political for a sec, just briefly. We won't go too in-depth, but if we do, it'll be okay. Um, why can't a Republican – like a Democrat for some of the things that he has to offer. You know, why can't a Democrat like a Republican for some of the things that they have to offer without it being a spectacle, without people ridiculing? Uh, Why can't a Christian like a Muslim for just being a human being while not appreciating the religion that he practices or, or the way that he worships and vice versa? Why is America in this country so black and white in 2015, knowing where we came from? That's a brilliant question, and I'll tell you, I have to. And, and you, and you, Pudgy, you know me. Um, you know where I stand. I, I'm a child of, of, of the King, and specifically, let's, let's say the name. How about that, Jesus Christ? Okay. Absolutely. So, while I say that, I am very tolerant, and I love everyone, whether their God is referenced to by another name. I, I love that person. And so I want to say that. I'm very confident. I say with unapologetically uh, that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. However, I do not say that disrespectfully to turn off anyone. All right, so that's the first thing. So when I answer this question initially, I have to answer it from a kingdom mindset, a kingdom a kingdom perspective, okay? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a very spiritual issue, a very, very spiritual issue. And let me say this too, uh, Pudgy. I appreciate the freedom on your radio station to talk about this. I appreciate you staying true to to your your guns on that because that that right there is what's missing in the political arena that freedom mm. to talk about things without having to worry about being so politically correct. Um, now that's not to substitute respectful, sure. but politically correct has has tarnished the way we communicate in this country. Uh, but going back to the question, you know, I think it's a very uh, a spiritual thing. Um, Division is a powerful, powerful weapon that I believe Satan uses uh, in, in, in the large majority of, of the population, no, in the world. And, and I think when you can divide something, it never is able to obtain its full or achieve its full potential. It's never in any organization, whether it's a political arena, uh, whether it's a group of people who may have separate or, or separate faiths, the, the lack of tolerance, you say, okay, listen, we disagree on this, but I can still love you if you're black. Mm-hmm. I can still love you if you're white. I can still love you if you're Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, or, or whatever. We don't. <laughs> we may not, but I can love you. I don't know any religion that says we can't love that that, that it's against their religion to love someone. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of your your major mainstream religions that you hear about, mm-hmm. and so. 
and that's the first thing that, that just is mind-boggling to me. So, okay, so that's where I stand. So I think it's a very spiritual piece. But so I'm going to step out of that, that mind frame and kind of answer it on the natural, if that's okay. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's appropriate. I mean, it, it's really fitting that I, I'm just getting back to North Carolina from the conference in Chicago, the diversity conference of all types of conferences. You know, we talked a lot about tolerance. You know, one of the big pushes right now, uh, especially in higher education, you're having it is a big focus on integrating and building community where everyone has a voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so blacks, whites, Muslims, Christians, uh, the LBGTQ uh, community, um, which is under a lot of fire, a lot of heat. Presidents taking serious grenades. I mean, it's figuratively um, for not necessarily agreeing with either one of those groups or disagreeing with either one of those groups. They're simply trying to give them a voice. And I think that's something that that is that is um, it's it's still relatively young. It's in its infancy for people accepting it, and it comes right back to tolerance. We are a very intolerant nation. Mm. We're really an intolerant world, to be honest with you. We just have the power of media here that really drives a lot more than other locations in, in, on the globe, uh, and so. I think a lot of it is based on tolerance. A lot of it is based on being uneducated on how to coexist. There's a difference. You can coexist and not agree. <laughs> you know, you can sure. you can coexist and not condone. Mm-hmm. But we do have the obligation to respect. But people, for some reason, we're getting it mixed up with if I respect this person for who they are, if I respect them for their conscious decision to believe or live a certain lifestyle, whether I agree with it or not, whether I condone it or not, I can still respect them as a human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People people take respect for acceptance, uh, acceptance in a way of agreeance, excuse me, not acceptance, but agreeance. It's like uh, if I if I hear a, I mean, you can always find a reason to agree with people for anything under the sun as, as well as find a way to disagree with people. But, you know, it, it's funny, you know, in America, we are, um, we always talk about love, you know, um, we're always talking about groups. It, it's, you know, this country is, 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 folks on this show has heard me talk about boxes before and people are comfortable in their boxes, Nick, and it's like once you pull people out of their box, they don't know how to act because in that box is another voice to tell them how to think, another voice to tell them how to feel, another voice to make them comfortable, whether that box be your political organization or affiliation, uh, whether that box be your sexuality in those groups, uh, whether that box be your, your, your spiritual walk and your faith and your church group, or even your cell phone, you know, I always laugh because that's something that I think about daily. And, and when I walk around, you know, you, you could, you could find yourself in line at a fast food restaurant or you could find yourself somewhere in a waiting area. And I always see how people are so uncomfortable with themselves that they gravitate to a cell phone now, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I say uncomfortable with themselves because Folks don't know how to interact anymore. And a large part of that is because they're so afraid of either being offended or offending people. Instead of just talking 
whether you agree or not, you know, whether you rock with what they rock with or not, instead of just talking it out and saying hello and going on about your business, talking about the weather, people just won't deal with it. They just won't say hello, and they'll draw themselves back into themselves and their boxes. And I think that's a scary thing going forward, Nick, uh, uh, even in our lifetime. But I think about our children as they go forward not knowing how to communicate with each other, and they're always leaning towards someone else to tell them how to think, feel, act, when to move, what to say, it's going to be a very controlled world. And you and I both know that the control is on faith believers in Christ. They don't believe in Jesus. Absolutely. 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 And, 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 and I'll tell you, I want to point this out because people need to know this because I, I always refer to you as the unsung hero. You know, I think about what you do with that green level football program. You know, you're not just teaching football. You, everything you just said, I've seen in person with my own eyes and can attest that you teach this to those kids. You know, and, and that's why they come back. That's why I truly believe why we have such a level of success. Hey, you know, by the way, let's throw that out there. Hey, um, <laughs> no, baby. <laughs> but such a level of success because you're you and this is why I follow you in this program and I have no problem doing that because you're teaching the complete person. You're teaching young men how to be a man, how to be good citizens, how to keep your head up, how to communicate. Um and some and people need to know that. Because if I, I if we don't spread the word on the good work we're doing Nobody will ever know. And so I want to personally take the time to, to, to shout you out that for that. This guy right here, man. All right, Nick, I, I appreciate it. You, you bring this man on the show to big him up and talk about him, and he find a way to talk about you. This is what I was talking about. This is, this is Nick right here. This is Nick, Mr. Coach Sturdivant right here. This is what he does. But I appreciate it, man. Let me, let me, um, let me, let me move to something else because I, I, I have had a chance. I've had the opportunity and my kids have had the opportunity to uh, not not to cut you off either, Nick. I apologize. So once I oh, get no. this out, I, I want you to finish your thought. If I did, um, the center of influence. What does the center of influence mean to you? It really is what drives it. What what does influence come from? And again, everything is driven. I'm, I'm driven by a kingdom mindset, right? So in Romans eight, all things work together for the good of those who love God according to, excuse me, according to his purpose, those who love God. So right there it says purpose. The word that sticks out to that is purpose, not my purpose or Christ's purpose. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a Christian, and I use that term lightly because everybody says they're a Christian now, but, you know, I, that's another that's another segment. <laughs> um, so I'm not, don't, don't get me riled up on that one. Get myself riled up. But uh, I'm just crazy enough to believe I'm crazy enough to believe that God has a purpose, a divine purpose set for every individual walking around on this planet. And on the book, the subtitle is your success is in your influence. Your influence is in your purpose. So if you truly want to be successful, you first have to find out what your purpose is because that is where the strongest version of your influence lies. And so that's the center of influence. Ultimately, you can sum it up and say your purpose is the center of your influence. And, um, you know, I tell you, influence is one of the most powerful forces in the world. Nothing changes without influence. Nothing nothing is moved. Growth doesn't occur. Uh, re- reformation doesn't happen without influence. 
uh, but it's also one of the most misunderstood forces in the world. Uh, and, and, you know, influence going, well, let me go back, talking about purpose. Your purpose is really the problem that you're here on earth to solve. And your influence, the influence at its finest, my influence at its finest will only be realized, will only be shown in my purpose when I'm operating in my purpose. And so that influence is tied directly to the problem we're supposed to solve. And so that's why it's so important. You know, you hear people talk about purpose all of the time. And I go around Mm -hmm. the country to different universities and I talk about this and I explain the purpose, but I also show them how to find your purpose. What steps do you take to really learn those things? Um, And a lot of it comes from maximizing every opportunity and every experience. Uh, Because, again, people talk about purpose all the time, but rarely when you hear somebody or hear someone talk about purpose and then give you steps to it and explain why purpose is important. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is, is corporations in all industries, I work with CEOs and vice presidents, you know, and then just, it's crazy some of the people I've been able to, to meet in, along just in the journey of life. They want individuals, especially young graduates, to understand what their purpose is. The problem is they don't know how to ask for it because when you talk about purpose in a corporate setting or when there's a financial quota or number in the mix, people don't they shy away from talking about purpose because you can't quantify it. Purpose is hard to quantify. Why is it hard to, excuse me, why is it hard to quantify? Well, because when we quantify, we're using human intelligence. Last time I checked, spiritual knowledge trumps man-made knowledge. So, yes, am I proud of the degrees I have? Absolutely. I work hard for them. By the grace of God, I was able to obtain them. But by no means do those degrees trump the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the spirit. So, and knowing that, if Christ, Designed your purpose, and we cannot fathom. We, we can't. We can't think on the same level of God. Not how at all. We, how can we possibly expect to quantify purpose? So what do we do mm-hmm. as a human race? We don't understand it, so we push it to the side. But that's the very answer to a lot of the world problems right now. People aren't walking in their purpose. Uh, and so, and and so, you know that that's where I stand there, uh, Fudge. What 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 compelled you? Uh, what compelled you to write a book titled The Center of Influence? I mean, because just that title, when, when I when I saw, well, first of all, when I understood that you wrote a book, and then I saw the book and I read that title, I knew, I said, man, this is this is coming from a personal place, right? He, he's got to be speaking from his heart in this book. And, you know, I read a lot of books, man, and, and a lot of books are just, honestly, they're reiterations of stuff that I know. And, and classes that I've taken and seminars that I've attended. And, and I'm sure some of the authors out there, no knock to them, it is what it is. I mean, you know, I, I appreciate a good book. But I, I think a lot of the times those books that we get, uh, I think some of those people have taken the classes that we've taken. So I personally enjoy reading books when people are talking first person, when they're speaking from the heart, talking about some things that they went through uh, to bring them, just talking about the journey, for lack of a better word. So, you know what made you uh, what made you title it the center of influence? I mean, I, I know there were personal stories in there, but if you remember when you said I'm going to call it this, you know what was the defining moment of, of you titling your book the center of influence? Mm. I, you know, I really what I was doing. I looked at a lot of leadership books, mm-hmm. and, and the, obviously 
book I like to personally read the most is the Bible. I believe that's the best book you can read. If there was one book on earth uh, that I had to choose to read for the rest of my life, it would be that. And, and so it was funny, and I have to and I thank God for my parents. I honor my parents because they en- entrenched me with this. I didn't necessarily accept it, you know, but they laid the foundation. Um, so that though I may have I may have turned from, I never fully departed, and I came back because of the foundation they laid. So I have to honor them. Um, and oh my goodness, I'm slipping here. Obviously, I honor God, but I have to honor my my amazing my amazing wife, um, Kaylin. I mean, she's my rock, and she's taught me more in the seven years of our marriage than anyone outside of my parents could could. Arguably, even my parents. I, mean, yeah, I think bro. that was a divine thing by God because a man that finds a good wife finds a great thing. Um, and blessed. So I, I have let let me stay in order because <laughs> God is a God of order. <laughs> so let me stay in order and give honor to that woman, uh, that amazing woman. But going back shout to the question. Shout out to Kayla. B.I.G. Shout oh, out yeah. to Kayla, too, real quick. Vice President, Life Push LLC. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. And, uh, I think so. When, when I look at a lot, I actually got frustrated because I would look at these leadership books, and in higher education and being in that arena, you hear there's there's buzzwords every few years. A new buzzword comes out, you know, and then mm-hmm. somebody has an epiphany. Okay, it's time to shift, shift the tide. I want to be the next intellectual, so they'll throw something out. And a big <laughs> frame now is this servant leadership thing, right? And it trips me out because people talk at, at conferences. You go, I go to conferences all the time, and people talk about this servant leadership like this is a new profound thought or theory, and they title it under leadership theory. That's not leadership theory. Jesus was doing this. Read. read. <laughs> right? So it, it blew my mind. I said, are we serious here? So I decided, okay, look at some of the best leaders, not necessarily the most moral leaders, but the best leaders for good or for bad, why were they able to lead and make major movements happen? Because of their influence. So I said, okay, now I can't believe, um, or I choose not to believe, that Hitler was a great leader, which he was, and I don't believe what he was leading was his purpose, right? So I said, okay, Mm -hmm. so he obviously had influence, but I would not go as far to say that's his purpose, because he 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 promoted death. God is a God of life, not death, right? And so mm-hmm. I said, so I had to think about that. So I really had to challenge myself on it. So I said, I got to dig a little bit deeper. And the center of influence, what landed me on on the center of influence was purpose, because when you're in your purpose, it's one, it's going to promote life. That's the first thing. But two, when you're operating in your purpose, it brings sustainability. Leaders, great leaders who led with immoral um, intentions, I should say, they always fizzle out. Uh, you you look at uh, what was uh, the terrorist uh, or uh, Osama bin Laden, mm. great leader. One man made a movement, right? Now, obviously, I as an American, I love my country. My father was a 20-year veteran who retired, so I respect that. Um, sure. But – if you're just looking at it objectively at leadership itself, the yeah, man was fact. a great leader. It's a fact. It, it, you know, he, he, and so, but it, he wasn't able to sustain it. And so I think 
that's what that's when they wanted me to find the true center of influence. And and it and I, I researched and, and sought the word of God. Because if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. And that's when that, that title came out. And it began to make sense. I'm a firm believer when God speaks to you, things start falling in line, they start making sense, piece by piece. And I remember going back through stories in my life and saying, Okay, God, I see I see what you were showing me here. I see why this was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, man, that, that that's where that came from. That's the long version of it. <laughs> wow. 619-638-8559, p.m., folks. I can tell we're going to go into the bonus hour. I try to be respectful for folks' times. Uh, but I got a couple things here, man, and I, and I definitely want to get to them. Um, and, and I think they're important. Uh, and, and I think people need to hear your perspective on uh, just a few of these topics that I have. Uh, you know, we're talking about inside of black and white America. And the reason I titled this, this show inside of black and white America is because everything seems to be so hard line today. Uh, but the kids don't show that. Um, if you, if you could, Nick, just for a second, uh, do you believe, uh, give us your response to this, but I, social media, you know, we, we touched on that earlier, but I kind of wanted to hammer down on this thing, and I just really wanted to ask the question, has has society really gotten that bad, or is it that we're seeing more through social media and improved technology? Absolutely the latter. We're seeing more. I, I remember I remember college, being in college, um, before Facebook was really what Facebook is. Mm-hmm. And nothing has changed. It's just the awareness has increased. And unfortunately, there's no filter on how that awareness is increased or what part of a situation is increased through social media. And so I, I think there have been some great examples of of things uh, where social media has, has helped. You know, there's things that have come out. There's things that have been changed. There's there's perspectives that have been heard now and understood and at least acknowledged. But I, I wholeheartedly, I don't, I don't, there's nothing new under the sun. So a lot of the issues that we have today, They've they've been festering and they've been around. They just haven't had the platform that they have today. Wow, I I happen to totally agree with that because I mean if you if you really think about all the things that has happened in history and not you know the Emmett Till the there's so much that has happened in history. I I just refuse to believe that people have gotten worse. In fact, I think to a degree people have gotten better. Uh, but I I will say with the expand of social media and, and this technology that we have through the world, I will say Western culture has really taken over. I, I'll say that. Um, when you look at the international approach of things like the NBA, the NFL, entertainment, you know, we can easily touch China um, with the speed of our thumb, <laughs> you know, with, with the click of a mouse. And um, I, I think that could be a very beautiful thing, but I also see some uh, some horrible habits uh, that we have in America that has transpired over over in the East. And, and uh, I've actually talked to some people who are actually working on Eastern culture, uh, uh, trying to uh, de-Westernize them. I guess, I guess that's the word, or you know, change their approach to what they see and, and how they interact. 
uh, in mimicking what we do here. So social media can really be a, a, a great weapon, but it could also be a, a dangerous thing. And I, I think it could be a great tool, but uh, I, I love it. You know, I love it. We're talking with the power of social media and improved technology. And I think it's just a beautiful thing, man, that we're able to have something such as a cell phone and, and use it for the positive. Even though so many people are using it for the negative, I think it's something beautiful that we can use for the positive. So, you know, we'll definitely right. try to keep pushing there. Um, if you can, will, can Nick, have... we're, we're out of time. Sorry? Oh, okay, okay. No, I just no, want to no, let I'm my sorry. listeners know, my West Coast listeners, let them know. Uh, welcome to the KRP Radio Show. You guys are going to hear the first half of the East Coast Show. And uh, everybody that is still rocking with us now, you're, you're welcome to the bonus hour. We're going to keep going until it's over. So I'll uh, keep rocking with us on the KRP radio show. But, uh, Nick, you were saying? Oh, well, I was just – and I'll be brief. I don't want to overstay my welcome. Um, it, it, one thing I do like about social media is it gives individuals a voice who previously did not have that, mm-hmm. the, who don't have the financial resources, the ones who didn't have that, that access to individuals who can publicize their views or perspectives, good, bad, right or wrong, or indifferent. Um, I do appreciate what social media brings to the table in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. And and that could be a powerful thing. We've seen some great movements come from that, Nick. Um, even though to a large part I didn't agree with the Occupy Wall Street movement for which it stood, I can't help but, you know, the, the, the uh, I don't know, I guess the grassroots in me appreciates something that can derive from uh, a, a community boardroom, you know, a, a dorm room, even though we know it was pushed by people like George Soros and his billion-dollar uh, uh, communist empire. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it started from a thought, and, and, you know, I appreciate that. And uh, I, I think that's something that we need to do. We need more people to come to the table and say, you know, how can I help out? You know, what can I do? Uh, how can I lead, you know, how can I serve? I, I just don't think there's enough of that in the community. But uh, this last question that I had here, I, I got a couple more, but I just want to, I want to end it on this one. And I just want to talk briefly about the church. And um, I, I just want you to think about it because you, as I let people know, I don't prep anybody, not even the president of America could come on the show and I wouldn't prep him either. You know, it's just something that I don't do because I like people to come out from their heart, and if people don't want to answer questions on this show, they never have to. You know, it's just a conversation. It's not really an interview. It's just a, it's a Sunday conversation, if you will. So I just want to ask you, in, in this conversation that we're having, uh, looking at the church, where do you see the church in America in another 30 to 50 years? Big question. 30 to 50 years, where do you see the Christian church, the Church of Jesus Christ, in America. Now that's a good one. I, I, I see if if I'm gonna do this as quickly as possible to save time. Mm-hmm. Um I have to address it from today as to why I think what it will look like in thirty to fifty years. Okay. Right now, today, real time, the church as a whole is is in a in I excuse me, I can't talk, is in an identity crisis. We, we, first of all, we need to get back to the word of God, grassroots. What does the word of God say? That's the first thing. The second thing is we need to understand the word of God 
which is what the Christian church, which is what the church should be driven by, is written with a kingdom mindset, not a democratic mindset. Okay, and and in the Amer in America especially, we struggle with this. The church is, is struggling with this in their identity. What God writes down in the Bible is not a debate. There's not a vote. There's not an amendment. You have to understand how a kingdom principle works. And I have to give full credit, too, a lot, not full, but a, a large part of the credit to uh, the late Dr. Miles Monroe, God rest his soul, because he was a pioneer, a true warrior in this regard, and, and especially in this topic. Um, and so I, I give honor to him and the work that he did for the church, for the kingdom. And so mm-hmm. anyway, we have to understand that we this was written under a kingdom mindset. What God spoke was law. It wasn't a let's take a vote on this to see how this works for our particular denomination, our particular lifestyle, our particular religious view or political view. It was what it was. It is what it is, and it will be what it will be. So with that being said, whenever you're in an identity crisis, it comes to a point, any person, any organization uh, in their journey of life, when they are in an identity crisis, it comes to a point where you have to choose a side. There will come a day where you have to choose left or right. And I truly believe right now we are at that point or are vastly and rapidly approaching it. Um, 30 to 50 years, I think we will be a minority. The church will be a minority. Christian church, the, the church of Jesus Christ, will be a minority because of the the um, liberal, I'll say it, I'll say the liberal views, and I'm not bashing Democrats, I'm not accepting or bashing Republicans, I'm just speaking from the free views that people are taking uh, the sure. democratic approach that they are taking to the word of God in, in regard to the church. Uh, because of those steps, I think what you're going to see is a huge falling away. And the Bible talks about that there will be a huge falling away, but there also will be a, a great awakening. So I, I think what's going to happen, and and you can look in the news and see what's happening in the world. This time, I mean, it's the stage is setting. The stage is, is truly setting where people are going to have to choose who's going to be the wheat and who's going to be the tares. And um, and so I think 30 to 50 years from now, you're going to have – we will be a vast minority. I believe we will be ostracized more than ever. Because if you look at it just in, over the last 10 to 20 years, let's just say 10, look how freely the church is, is ridiculed now. Mm-hmm. Look how people <clears throat> use the Lord's name in vain without any – without batting an eye. And so – I believe that's just a trend of what's to come. And if you look in history, all great empires, they start feeling themselves, especially with democracy. Democracy um, plays a large role into that because when you start giving people power, some take more than others, and then next thing you know, they push agendas, and, and things happen. You look at yeah. Babylon, you look at Rome, you look at America, same same pathway. And so, um, yeah, I, I say that. Am I happy about it? No, but God's will will be done. <laughs> God needs no defending. Um, That's right. And from a time when people are going to have to stand up and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, not in his name we pray, in Jesus' name we pray. Mm. Um, and, and so the American church is in a fog, man. I, I tell you, you look at the rest of the world, the persecution, and, and we live in a little bubble here, a little bubble. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. Um, 
it's, I'll say this and I'll end it. When I arrived in Chicago on Friday, uh, the, the gentleman that picked me up and I was going to the rental car place, they had a shuttle. He was from Iraq. And I was talking with him, and I said, hey, so where are you from? My friend, he said, I'm from Iraq. And he said, I came over here five years ago. We fled. Um, I'm a Christian. Um, and so we had to, to flee because they were persecuting us so bad. And he said, you know, people have no idea over here. Americans, you all have it so nice. You live in a little bubble. Mm. You have no idea what it feels like to be born in the same country as your next-door neighbor, live there your whole life, and wake up and be called an infidel. You infidel. Mm. You infidel. Now, I'm not attacking the Muslim community because I have a lot of Muslim uh, friends that I love dearly and respect. Mm -hmm. I disagree with their faith. I agree with their beliefs, but I respect them as people. But he said, people have no idea. We came out of the womb facing this. Mm. You all just faced it maybe on TV, maybe on radio. And yet, you were so quick to fall away from your faith. Well, we've been persecuted our whole lives to the point we have to move countries to maintain our stance. And I think that's the mindset America, the American church is going to have to take. And I think it's coming. I think it's coming. Do you, do you think we're going to have to fight physically? Do you think there will be a physical fight on American soil for, for Christ? Uh, God, I hope not. I, I don't know. And that's a That's a tough question. That's a tough question. I, I pray that it doesn't come to that. Mm-hmm. If, that if it did happen, uh, I would. I could. I don't know if it would be in our generation, but I think our children's generation. And I raised my son strong. I'm hard on him. I love him even harder. Mm-hmm. But I make sure he speaks in the word because he. I truly believe their generation is going to see things we can't imagine. And. Um, I tell you, that's a tough one to answer. I hope not. I don't condone violence. I condone peace. Sure. Um, I love my country. I love my country. I've lived overseas. We have the best country in the world. I will say that wholeheartedly. Um, but I, I just, God's will will be done. Man, that's some realness right there, baby. That's, man, it's so much, so much we could expand on, so much more we could talk about into that. I'll save that for the next conversation, Nick. Um, if you will, before you go, man, I, I just wanted to point out, I also got to give a shout-out again to all your people over there at Life Push LLC, everybody that makes it happen, everybody at lifestandards.org. You guys check those websites out. That's www.lifepushllc.com and www.lifestandards, L-I-F-E-S. T-A-N-D-A-R-D-S dot org. Check it out, folks. Leave a comment on there. Find out what's going on. Uh, contact those folks over there, man, if you have any, any needs that they can fulfill. And, uh, Nick, how can people get a hold of your book, man, The Center of Influence? Oh, absolutely. You can. Uh, it's available on Amazon.com, uh, BarnesandNoble.com, or you can go directly to the website, and there's a link to both uh, vendors, whichever one you prefer. Um, feel free to call me at 919-891-0205. Again, it's 919-891-0205. If you prefer to have a, a signed copy, I'm all about it. Um, it's all love, and I, I love everyone. So um, please get the book, support it. Uh, it's information that will change your life. All right, Nick, this is the very last thing that we will do here on the KRP radio show. They're going to cue some music up here in a second. 
and I'm going to name five people and you only get one to two words uh, to explain how you feel about these people. So okay. uh, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Can we, can we, can we get the music folks? I appreciate it. Okay. Martin Luther King Jr. Pioneer. Nelson Mandela. Mm -hmm. Influential. Bill Clinton. Mm. Complex. St. Paul, the apostle. My man. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the perfect example. No. The perfect result. No. The greatest example of grace. I like that. I like that. I like that. One okay, of the last one. All right, last one. You ready for this last one? I'm ready. I'm ready. Deion Sanders. The best TV of all time. Biggest <laughs> 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 love there. Best position. <laughs> I, I knew you would appreciate the switch up in that, man. Uh, you know, oh. you, you definitely had to switch it up a little bit. And uh, I know Deion Sanders did not belong in that group, neither did Bill Clinton. But you know, it was uh, <laughs> it, it was fun <laughs> underneath. That's just something oh, that we I try to try. do. That one word answer, so I didn't uh, talk your head off again. <laughs> hey man, it, this is what it's all about, though. Listen, I really appreciate you coming on the show again, and uh, you, you're welcome here anytime. In fact. Next month, I'll have a panel on, and uh, I won't tell you what it's about yet. I don't want you to study on it yet, but I'm going to have a panel on, so maybe I'll reach out to you and uh, get you back on the show for that. Absolutely. It'd be an honor. It'd be an absolute honor. It was a pleasure today. I appreciate it. I appreciate the invitation. Hey, we do that on this show, so before you go, you have to give some shout-outs before you leave the building. Oh, oh, I have to do that. First of all, shout out to my lovely wife, my confidant, my queen, my rib, my everything, my wife, Kaylin, uh, my mother and father. Uh, beyond, There's not words to express the gratitude, the respect, and the love and endearment I have for you. Uh, my pastor, Pastor Jeff Smith, pastor of the Covering Church, 507 Balboa Street, Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. My good friend, Alvis Williams a bright brother in the Lord, a bright brother in the Lord. That's the guy we need to get with Mr. Fudge. That's the guy. Um, everybody on my team at Life Push, everybody on my team at Life Push, I love you guys. I thank you guys. I respect and admire you guys, and I appreciate you all allowing me to lead you. Um, last but not least, my good brother David Thomas, doing great works in the city of Danville, pioneer. I call him Mr. Mayor. Uh, Darius Bethel, my last one here, Darius Bethel, uh, owner of Successful Chosen, or excuse me, Chosen Successful Intentions, another young, young, young general coming up through the ranks. Um, proud of you, brother. And uh, most importantly, Mr. Pudge, 
Mr. Plush, for doing what you do every Sunday yeah. and just every day. Oh, and my big brother, my big brother. I got to get him because he looked out for me when I was little. That's that's my that's my rock. That's my other rock. <laughs> hey man, that, that might be the best shout out that we ever got right there, man. Shout out to you. Definitely shout out to Kaylin. Shout out to my baby. I know you're listening. Maybe she's back at work now. Shout out to my fam. Shout out to everybody out there. Kaylin, we gave you a shout out. Make sure you guys go to KRP Radio Show on Facebook. That's facebook.com backslash KRP Radio Show. The website is being redone. Rock with me. Bear, please bear with me for a little while, folks. We're trying to make this new interactive website. Hope this thing is, is done by next week. I'm, 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 uh, I'm looking at my people with the side eye, even though they can't see me. Uh, shout out to everybody out there, the Green Level Trojans, man, all the players, all the parents. We, hey, no, baby, shout out to my Panthers. Shout out to everybody, guys. Remember, you guys, you are B.I.G. in my book. It's official. You're in the book and your family now. And uh, remember, God is love. Love is God. I appreciate everything you do. Check us out on iTunes, Facebook. We're all over the place, man. Google us. We are out of here. One love. Shout out to my man, Coach Nick Sutherford, baby. We're K-I-R-P. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Only gon' recognize, still, still. I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time.